Poker, All the Games, is a podcast that introduces listeners to more than 20 variations of poker. Each episode will highlight one game, as well as dive into any controversial news in the poker world. We know why you're here. Because you love poker as much as we do. Now introducing your host, Sean Griegas. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Poker All the Games. This is episode 26 of Poker All the Games. And I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the northeast coast of the United States, along with co-host Martin Smith, who's joining me from Malta. Not only do Martin and I share a fondness for mixed poker games, and each of us has also written a book on mixed game poker, but we also enjoy beers. And since I view poker as social and competitive, of course, we'll be starting off today's show with me reviewing a beer from the United States and Martin reviewing one from Europe. So sit back, grab a beer, as long as you're not driving, and enjoy our beer review and discussion of mixed poker games. So I'm pouring a fireside chat from 21st Amendment Brewing Company in San Francisco, California. This is a winter warmer, more specifically a winter spiced ale. So since winter's kind of still here, but closing on us, I figure I better get through my uh, my winter kind of beers here. Um, let's get started on this one. Let's have a smell. Oh, that's nice. Getting ginger, some caramel, a little bit of toasted bread, and interestingly, some, some, orange, uh, some orange aroma. Let's have a look. This beer pours a dark, it's dark and clear. So I know that's a little odd to some people, but it is dark uh, and, and clear when you hold it up to the light. There's a decent amount of almond colored beer foam. And now for the best part, let's have a taste. I'm getting a mouthful of those holiday spices. A lot of the, the flavors that we might associate with, with Christmas time. That is getting sweetness with dark fruit, cocoa, some toasty bread, probably from the malt, which I really enjoy um, in, in, in these beers and in a lot of beers, even the hoppy beers. I enjoy the malt backbone that kind of balances everything out. And I'm also getting a little bit of that ginger, um, that holiday ginger spice. This beer has medium carbonation um, and body. Again, this is Fireside Chat from 21st Amendment coming in at 7.9% ABV. So this one is a sipper. Good for sitting next to the fireplace on a chilly winter evening um, with some nice companionship, some uh, cards uh, being dealt and uh, just sipping on some uh, Fireside Chat. So while I sit back and enjoy this, Martin, what are you bringing us? Uh, what beer do you have for us today from Europe? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one, Sean. I recently went to Tallinn and I brought this one back with me. It's called Saku. It's a Baltic porter. And Saku is the local brewery over there. You see plenty of people drinking the Saku lager. Uh, but there are other beers that they produce. And this one, I think, is one that they produce at wintertime. And it's also very dark. When I hold it to the light, I can see, yes, it is clear. I can see carbonation. I can see bubbles rising to the surface. I can see a reddish tint to the brown as well. It's got a nice, fairly deep head for a, a head of foam for a, 
water and it's brownish that, that head um smell wise i'm getting coffee coming through so i'm looking forward to the taste oh yes definitely coffee there maybe a little bit of caramel i think this is a, a similar beer to yours not in not entirely it's not containing spices so much but in the way that it would be enjoyed and drunk. Yes, sit by the fireside, maybe play some cards and uh, enjoy it on a good on a good cool winter evening. Yeah, we don't get too many. Yeah, Baltic Porter is a great, I know we talked uh, earlier on our earlier episode uh, this year that, you know, I, I don't necessarily follow the dark beer, winter, light beer, but these beers mm. do go wonderfully with, with, with cold weather for sure. And uh, we don't get a lot of Baltic porters here in the United States. Uh, and I do enjoy them when I get them. And as you described, uh, somewhat similar to the beer I have, just missing those holiday spices uh, in the Baltic porter, probably a little more coffee, definitely more coffee in what you're drinking in that porter um, and less coffee in this uh in this winter warmer it sounds like martin is um getting much better at describing the beers as we uh move forward in the podcast here and uh hopefully i can uh, get better at playing mixed games as we uh, <laughs> as we go through uh through these episodes so anyway uh we'll continue these beers martin while we uh get on so salute salute cheers remember that our focus here is non holdem poker specifically for anyone interested in trying their hands at mixed games and or those looking to branch into other variations of poker, whether you're a dealer, a player, or a card room manager. Our goal is to define the rules, the play, and easy-to-remember basic strategy tips to get you started in the mixed poker game arena. And as I describe, you know, the, the main goal really is to define the rules, the play, and help define the names of the game. You know, it's th this confusion uh, anywhere, even just in the States, let alone when we're now combining uh, Europe as well. But uh, as evidenced in today's game called Best Best and in other places might be known as Ultimate High Low, so, Martin, why don't you walk us through the game of best-best uh, or ultimate high-low? Sure. Um, I first played this game last spring, actually, uh, a U.S. A US uh, citizen came to join us in Malta when we played the Mixed Games Cash game, and he chose this game, and it went down well. He was a very good player. His name was Andy. I don't know his surname. It went by the nickname Randy. Um but he showed us this game, and uh, it, was, it was clear that he knows what he's, he's played this game before. I also then went and played it in uh, Vegas at uh, a coach's game, actually, in Resorts World. You might recognise that name. Um, and we've played it quite a lot since then in Malta as well. Okay, it's a variant of Omaha 8 or better, which you described in episode 5, Sean. Um, yep. We can play pot limit, no limit, or fixed limit. I don't recommend no limit. Um, I've played it plenty of fixed limit and pot limit. I, I, I think no limit might spoil it a bit. Um, it, it can be played with four, five, or six cards for each player. I wouldn't recommend six cards because the hands that you turn it with are too nutty. Yeah, it, it can reduce action because 
it's clear that someone has their hand every time somebody's holding six cards. So I recommend four or five cards. And it can also be played as a, as it's called best best. I'll explain that. You're going to look at two or three boards and it will be split. The pot at the end of the hand will be split between two hands. One, which is the best high hand and one, which is the best low hand. So it's quite possible that you flop the nuts on one board but lose because somebody else has the nuts on a second or third board that beats your nuts. Um, so first of all, the play then. The two players to the left of the, deal, left of the dealer button post blinds. We then, the dealer then proceeds to deal four or five or six cards to each player in turn. Following that, there's a betting round. After the betting round, the, deal, the dealer then burns a card and turns over either two or three flops, depending on what you've agreed. Let's 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 describe three flops. So they're going to turn over three flops. Following that, there's another betting round, starting to the left of the dealer button. Following that, depending on the number of players in the hand, there might not be enough enough cards to make another burn card. But if there is, you use the deal will burn another card. Otherwise, we'll just turn turn the turns directly over. So that's three more turn cards adjacent to the three flops. So now we've got four community cards in in one row, the second row, and the third row in each of these three rows. That's followed then by another betting round, followed by. Again, a burn card if possible. If not, then just three river cards dealt adjacent to the turn cards that we just see. Followed by another betting round. And then we get to showdown. And as I said before, at showdown, the pot will be split between the best high hand, overall best high hand from any one of the three boards, and the overall best low hand from any of the three boards. The, the uh, high hand is a traditional high poker hand. The low hand is, as normal for Omaha high-low, eight or better. Um, just a note on maximum numbers of players. If you're playing with two boards, you can play with up to eight players with five cards and nine players with four cards. If you're playing with three boards, maximum seven players with five cards. And I think nine with four again. And uh, before you deal, you need to make sure that you think about whether you'll be burning more than once. So that's the, the quick rundown of the rules. It's quite short, I think, compared to some of the games we've had before. Any questions, Sean? Yeah, I don't know. It seems too easy, Martin. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, some of, the, <laughs> some of these descriptions go on and on. Okay, the the rules seem easy. I don't think the gameplay is 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 that simple, actually. Um, so do you know, out of curiosity, a general kind of, is it called best best in certain areas, or or ultimate high low, or or do people just go by both? Do you know if that's sort of regional, or or where where the different names come from? To be honest, everywhere I've played it, it's been called best best. And I've only recently come to know come to know of this other name, Ultimate High Low. And funnily enough, the 
source of that information was Vegas. I've played it in Vegas, where it was called Best Best, but the Las Vegas Mixed Games Facebook group is where someone described or called the game Ultimate High Low. So it might even be specific to one Vegas casino or a subgroup of Vegas Mixed Games players, or it might be wider than that. So I'm not not entirely sure. That's the best answer I can give. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, that's why we we uh, have this podcast so people uh, try to try to help sort things out. So it almost sounds like me the game. Not that I want to introduce another name, but it almost should be called like best worst, right? Best high hand <laughs> and worst hand, kind of. You know, not that I want to confuse our listeners anymore, but uh, just kind of entered my my head there. So, um. Yes. So is it played generally in in your um, experience, mostly with two or three boards, um, would you say? Three boards. To be honest, in Vegas, it was played with two boards. But uh, our group, we like to to increase the complexity as much as we can. So we we tend to play with three boards over here in Malta. And actually, to be fair, Andy, the US uh, resident who came and played, Last spring and first introduced us to this game, he he went for three boards. I think we were short-handed though when he introduced us to the game. There were only four or five players at the table, so three boards was quite practicable with uh, with the number of cards that we had in the deck and the number of players that were receiving cards. So uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's a good game to play either two or three boards, but uh, yeah, we, we go for three mostly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So I don't know. Why don't you, uh, do you have some beginner's tips for, uh, for, for this game? Okay. I'll start with my don't be the mug. And that in this case, the mug is the player who overplays the nuts on one board versus the better nuts elsewhere. And typically that goes with the low hand. Ace two is always the best starting hand for the low side of the pot. But if your ace two comes on a board with three low cards that are eight high, and on another board there are three low cards that include an ace or a two, so that's counterfeited your low, as well as two cards that are lower than the eight, then you're going to lose. So don't don't get too married to that hand. I'll, I'll, I'll be a bit more specific. So you've got ace two. One board is eight, five, four, and two high cards. You've got an eight, five, four, deuce, ace, low. Another board contains a seven, a six, and a two. And somebody with ace three has seven, six, three, two, ace. So their low hand beats your low hand. But you do see people not realizing that and overplaying the ace deuce low because they've hit it. They've got the nut low. Or so they think. But they're beaten by the nut low on another board. Um, other than that, I think high pairs go up in value a little. Because it's all right finding yourself with a nut flush, but when a board's paired, generally the full house is going to win. So if you've got a high pair and you hit your pair, you're looking for your board to pair. Sorry, if you've got a high pair and you hit your set, you're looking for your board to pair. And quite often you can get paid off by somebody else who owns the nut flush. Low combinations can be speculated with. This is another tip. For example, deuce three, because they can make the disguised nuts. Um, 
But remember, you want to scoop. So I wouldn't go too far with a 2-3 unless I've got something that's going to give me a potential for high as well. So a high pair with 2-3, you know, don't go crazy with it. Don't get all the money in pre-flop. But try to get to see the flop cheaply. And and then once you hit your hand, you can go 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 uh, go put some chips in and try to get paid. And finally, the last tip, and this is always the case in high-low, avoid middle card hands. If all your cards in your hand are between, say, 6 and 10, you're never going to scoop, and you're often going to... Well, actually, you're often going to win nothing in this game because even if you hit a straight... When they, they, they always say in high-low, if you play those hands, you don't want to hit a straight. or you, want, you The best you can do is hit a straight, I should say. And in that case, you're not going to scoop because somebody's going to have one at low. In this case, you make a straight with cards between six and ten, and somebody's going to have a high, high hand somewhere, and you're never going to win the low hand with a seven six or a six eight or something. So yeah, th- those are, I think, some useful tips for this game. Any more questions? Yeah, sounds- yeah, yeah. Just and some comments. Really, it sounds like I mean what you described there. I mean you said it, but I'm gonna reiterate it but the the tough part is really like you said you have the nuts on a board and and sometimes you know i know the way our you know brains work sometimes you see that on one board and you think i've got it locked up right and you kind of just forget to look at the other boards and try to figure out what the best cards on those boards would be if you were holding so really that to me is the difficulty in this game just keeping track of all the boards and what is possible high and low on each of the boards, never mind if you have the the high on one and, like you said, get get uh, ousted by a, a higher hand on another board. So that that seems mm-hmm. to be a, a tough part of the game. Yeah, um, it, it, you definitely than, got to be reading the boards for sure. It's really important in this game. Really yeah, important. this fireside chat might not go so good for this game. <laughs> but, but this it might go good for games. the others. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you're drinking, uh, you have water in your glass and everybody else's, uh, the, the beer and alcohol is flowing. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah. it, it does seem so. It's interesting that there's a you know the eight or better qualifier because as you're describing it, it, it does seem that it's somewhat similar to, to Omaha. Um, I know there's only you know you get two cards in your hand, but adding the three boards. And what you're describing honestly reminds me of a lot like an Omaha game, you know, like Pot Limit Omaha, um, eight or better, because the addition of the boards is almost, it's not really acting like two more cards in your hand, but I feel like the game plays like 08 because of the additional boards. You know, it it gives that feel of of the high and the low and uh, having to watch other boards just like you would have to watch instead of watching, thinking about other cards that would make a single board better. You have to think about the other boards and what cards work with those boards. Indeed. Yes. It's really important again to say you need to read the boards well and and, uh, read the other opponent's lines for what they might be holding on those boards. Um, right. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it is. It is an Omaha high-low variant, 
as I said, it, it's uh, the game that you described in episode five of the podcast. Um, but it's just got that that uh, nuance that you can look at two or three boards and uh, make your hand from any of the three boards. Three cards from yeah, one, yeah. any of the boards and two from your hand. Yeah, and you did say that. I do want to correct myself. I, I, I did just say, you know, only having two cards in your hand. But, uh, yeah, you're right. You, you did say there's between four and six. So yes, that, that yes. makes it kind of interesting. So with mostly four to five, yeah. So I do want to, I do want to make that, uh, that correction here now. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, very, very interesting game. Uh, like we mentioned, very simplistic in the rules, but um, a little more difficult to, to really play than the rules might, uh, might seem to indicate. So, well, thanks. Thanks for, uh, thanks for bringing us that game, Martin. And I'm uh, looking forward to, I don't know that I ended up that I, played this with you when i was in vegas or not if i did i don't remember it at all but uh i might have been having some table side drinks as well so that, that may <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that may answer that question so all right, i can't remember uh, if we played it in robbie's mixed games festival i certainly played it in coach's game which was a slightly higher higher, higher level higher stakes game oh not high stakes but slightly higher than robbie's robbie's mixed games festival game we certainly played it in coach's game i'm not sure about the Next Games Festival. Carry on, Joe. Well, looking forward to trying it. Yep. Let's uh, move on to some mixed games news. I'll go over some news, uh, a little bit of news here in the U.S. Um, Not a whole lot I have to report, although I am noticing more non-Hold'em games during uh, some tournament festival series, mostly PLO, but I'm also seeing some uh, series giving nods to Omaha 8 or better. And I'm I'm looking forward to this trend continuing. Now that said, um, I did do have some news from the 30th anniversary Los Angeles Poker Classic, which wrapped up uh, in early March, and did include a number of non-Hold'em tournaments in the mix. One in particular caught my eye. It was the Heroes Partner event. Now, on a previous podcast, I mentioned um, Horse is now being called Heroes. Um, just a renaming, a reordering of the letters, trying to keep the the games a little straight for the players, trying to sort of separate the stud and stud eight variants um, mm-hmm. from one another. So there was this Heroes Partner event at the LA Poker Classic. So the five game horse mix rebranded as Heroes, and it was almost a tag team event of sorts where players were switched out. So you had a partner that you played with and every level, every other level you switched with your partner, basically. So you played a level then your partner would tag in and play a level. So I thought that was kind of an interesting twist. Um, we, we've heard of some tag team Hold'em events, of course, but this was a, a tag team heroes um event which i thought was you know interesting it's good to see it's good to see some of these twists making inroads um into the mixed game arena in any event the the event was won by legendary actor james woods and linda tran who um apparently is a raz specialist so uh good for those two for uh playing this tag team heroes event and uh taking that down i am looking forward to hopefully you know here's a here's a suggestion to the world series of poker circuit, having some mixed game circuit ring events. I'd really enjoy that. I know uh, the turning stone world world series of poker circuit event at turning stone in Verona, New York is coming up. They have a PLO event on March 20th with a $600 buy-in, but I hope they start uh, mixing it up sooner 
with more attention to non-hold'em games. I would really love to play some circuit event uh, non-hold'em games for some rings. So that's what I have in the U.S. What do you have for us? Do uh, you have any mixed game news coming from Europe for us, Martin? Okay, well, as I said, I've been in Tallinn recently. I went there for the Kings of Tallinn Festival. And I'll, uh, I'll just say there were 53 tournaments on the schedule, including a number of mixed games tournaments. I don't count what limit Omaha as, as a mixed game. I think because Omaha, like Holden, there are solvers around. So uh, I like to see games that have not been um, affected to that level as mixed games. I'll quickly go through the winners of the mixed games events at Kings of Tallinn. The 350 Euros 8 game tournament, which I played in, was won by a Finnish player, Thomas Antaroropana. The 250 Euro Svitten event, which I also played, was won by a Norwegian, Tony Andre Westby. And uh, my friend from Italy, Stefano Logorio, managed to make the final table, so congratulations to him. There was a five-card PLO high-low, so big O, event won by Hanno Antero Pentanen from Finland. There was a Duke to Seven Pot Limit Triple Draw tournament won by another Finn, Villa Oscari Sebastian Toria. Then there was a 350 euro open face Chinese or pineapple open face Chinese tournament won by another Finn, Henry Ilmari Antikainen. And finally, the 120 euro circa or Finnish five card stud event seems to have been one of the few events that wasn't won by a Finn. The winner was called Timothy Dallas, but he doesn't have a, a nation flag next to his name on the results. So I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think he was Finnish. Um, apart from that, there are a couple of uh, articles that have been recently released that have been that included me in, in, the, uh, in, in, the, in the quotes. Um, first of all, there's one about the festival series which, is, which include quite a, a lengthy interview where both myself and Robbie Szczynski answered a number of questions. And secondly, there's a another article about the upcoming Malta Poker Festival, which is you can find on the Card Player Lifestyle website, owned by Robbie Szczynski. And uh, there's a quote from me on there. And a bit more on that shortly when we talk about the upcoming events. Okay. Excellent. All right, I'll go over some mixed game uh, events here and then I'll make this kind of quick because I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit more about your mixed game play at the uh, festival. So uh, don't forget about Robbie's, uh, I know we've mentioned his name a few times on this podcast. Uh, Robbie will take uh, <laughs> will take the royalty fees for mentioning your name a bunch of times, but Robbie's uh, mixed game festival will begin soon um, after this episode is released, that's March 19th through the 23rd at Resorts World in Las Vegas, um, at the Win or at the Resorts World, sorry, my bad, um, I know he's going to have some, uh, some famous, uh, poker players there, I know Ellie Alesra, the seven-card stud savant will be in attendance, uh, as well as, uh, Chris Wallace, who's co-author of the book Getting Started with Horse Poker, um, which I have sitting, uh, on my coffee table. Also in Las Vegas um, at the Orleans Casino, they have mixed game tournaments running each week, and you can follow Vegas Mixed Games on Twitter for updates there. So that's what I have. What do you have? Uh, any mixed game events coming up in Europe, Martin? Yes. Um, 
again, soon after this podcast is released, there's the Norwegian Masters or Turnerings Programme Norwegian Masters 2023, which will take place in Bratislava from the 21st of March to the 2nd of April. The first week of that festival includes six uh, games, six tournaments all aimed at mixed games players. Uh, there's a big bet mix, a high-low mix, which is stood eight and fixed limit Omaha high-low eight. Eight game main event, low ball draw mix, dealer's choice, which has got 18 different games that the players can each choose from. And finally, Svitten Special. And a few other... I mean, after that, it's mostly No Limit Holder and a bit of Pot Limit Omaha, but there are a few other uh, mixed games events dotted in here and there. Eight game and Panic Open Face Chinese being games that uh, immediately spring to mind. Now, after that, the Malta Poker Festival runs from the 24th of April to the 1st of May. And I can now announce that on Tuesday the 25th of April, there will be a horse tournament hosted by myself. Um, wow. This is a project that I'm got, got involved with three of my friends in. Uh, I'll name the friends Jeremy Tan, Walter Scherbius and Jean Casarpanis. We're all mixed games enthusiasts and we um, we want to get mixed games spread as much as possible. So uh, they picked me to front the kind of organisation that we put together. Um, there's, so this horse event is a €230 buy-in. And the better we do here, the more we can expand this project and even maybe take it to other festivals in Malta and around Europe. We have some other stops in mind already. Um, I won't say anything until I know anything specific or anything's confirmed, but... I'm quite excited by it. So that's the horse horse tournament on Tuesday the 25th of April. There will also be mixed games, cash games available at the Malta Poker Festival for at least three days. It's been promised for the Tuesday to Thursday, the 25th to the 27th of April. Um, Probably by the time the next podcast comes out, I'll be able to confirm whether we'll be able to expand that to the other days of the festival. But I'm hopeful. And finally, in Malta again, the festival series, the uh, brainchild, the project managed by Martin Franke von Zweigberg of Sweden. Franke is very, very well known in Europe. Um, That festival runs in Malta from the 14th of May to the 21st of May. It includes a number of mixed games tournaments, including Spit and Special, Eight game, horse, pineapple open face Chinese. Yeah, I think that's oh there's a there's a mixed PLO and PLO high low tournament as well. And I know that alongside that there will be some amazing cash action. There always is with the festival series. So there's a lot happening. And all these all these schedules, all these festivals I've, I've described. The buy-ins are affordable, by the way. There's no uh, no 10Ks here. We're talking about um, two to four, five hundred euro buy-ins. So, mixed game players can lick the lips and get, in, get involved. Yeah, we like to hear that. Awesome. Yeah. 
All right. Um, we'll go to our recent mixed game play. I uh, don't really have much to report. I did play some 2-2 PLO, but I know we don't really we don't count that on this podcast. So I'll uh, I'll leave that there. Um, but uh, look forward to our next when we have our next podcast. I will um, have my WSOP Las Vegas trip booked and I'll let you know what I'm planning to play on our next episode. So since since I'm slacking on mixed game play, Martin, um, and we, we have to have balance in this universe, uh, fill us in on your recent uh, trip to Talon. Okay, yes. Um, to be honest, it wasn't really what I was hoping for. As I described, the the, the, fe- the festival schedule, the, the tournament schedule was, was quite good for mixed games players, but personally I prefer cash games. And most days there was only PLO or Hold'em. I did play plenty of PLO and made some money playing that game. Um, only two nights did we get any dealer's choice going. The first of which, one of the local players insisted on only sticking to the seven games that they know locally. So that was a bit restricted, but the second night was really worth the trip in itself. Um, we got sat down. Immediately the cocktails were ordered. So I had a nice espresso martini and a couple more of those as the night went on. I also had some shots of tequila and some uh, Long Island iced tea minus the gin because I don't like gin. And all the players were drinking. All the players were having a really good time. And we were playing what we call Super Dealer's Choice, which means if you can describe a game and the players and the dealer can understand it, we'll play it. And everything was pot limit. It was such a good, good, uh, a good night. We started about 8.30 p.m. and I left after 6 a.m. So it went on a long time. And uh, I made a nice profit in that. I made an 800, over an 800 euro profit in that game. It was a 2-2 pot limit game. So it went well for me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, to be fair, everybody enjoyed it. Including the people that lost lost most money. <laughs> it's it's always more enjoyable when you when you're winning money. But glad to hear everybody enjoyed it as well. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, superb. Really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I mean, apart from that, I have played. I've played some more. I've played online quite a bit and made a bit of profit, uh, just under three hundred euros or something in the last three weeks. I also played one cash game at my friend Jeremy Tan's house and ran really well there and made, made over 300 euros there. So this year's gone really well for me so far. I'm not looking forward to the podcast where I have to describe losing sessions, but uh, so far it's gone really well. Well, let's hope we don't have one of those, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If uh, if you want to learn more about mixed games, Martin and I have each written a book. You can head over to Amazon for my book, Poker, All the Games, A Comprehensive Introductory Guide to Mixed Games. There you can read the rules and basic strategy for each of 23 mixed poker games. And Martin, where can our listeners find your book? Also on Amazon. It's only out as an ebook so far. It's called Pot Limits Vitan Special, a European version of Draw I am working on getting a printed copy, a paperback copy released, hopefully by the time I get to the Malta Poker Festival in April. I've got my work cut out to get that achieved, but I'm determined to at least try. Um, 
that's a a book that takes you through the rules of fit and special and right through very basic tips and some quite advanced stuff as well with lots of lots of information about what the odds are to make your hand and what the odds are that your hand can be beaten and Good. well it sounds a, like your a quiz yeah your okay. book will come in handy you mentioned a festival where there's going to be spit and specials so the book could come in handy for that i hope so yes Yes, I really want to get that ready for then. That's all for episode 26. Best, best, or ultimate high-low. Join us again in two weeks for episode 27, where we will discuss a game named after a fruit, or wait, is it a berry? The game of watermelon. Thank you for listening to Poker All the Games. Follow me on Twitter at P-O-K-R All the Games and subscribe for free at pokerchannel.substack.com And finally, Martin, where can our listeners follow you? Yes, I'm on both those platforms. On Twitter, I am at Poker for Leisure. That's P-O-K-E-R the number four L-E-I-S-U-R-E might be more familiar to say Poker for Leisure if you're in the US. And on Substack, my channel is Poker for Leisure at, uh, sorry, Poker for Leisure dot Substack.com. And there are a few articles up on there now. And by the time this podcast is out, there'll be a more comprehensive trip report from Tallinn. So that's just one of many articles that are on there now. And uh, there are some others in the making. So follow me there. Thanks to Ricky Snyder for music and sound. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast, Poker, All the Games, so you never miss an episode. Until then, may your hands be huge, your cards fill both high and low, and scoop as many pots as you can.